Amen. Can we give the Lord praise again? It's so good to be in God's house and to be together. Amen. Thank all of you for being here and especially our guests. We welcome you. We're honored to have you. If you have your Bibles, would you go to the book of Joshua? That's in the Old Testament. And I just want to show you, uh, Tony, raise your hands, Brother Tony. Brother Tony painted this. Isn't that cool? And... Uh, for those of you that have been here a while, you, you know that it has been prophesied over this church that this church is going to be a lighthouse. And I don't know if he's ever heard that prophecy, but he said, Pastor, I just thought of you. I wanted to paint this because a lighthouse represents hope and it represents direction. And I said, Tony, that's a good job, my man. Yeah, that's, that's who we want to be. We want to offer hope. We want to offer direction. So, Tony, thank you for that. I'll cherish that, and I do appreciate it. Thank you. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to the book of Joshua chapter 1, please. Joshua 1, and we're going to look at verses 2 through 9. And if you have it, say amen. And if you don't have it, just look up on the screen and you can follow along with us. I'm reading from the New King James Version. If you're ready, say amen. amen. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Verse 3, every place that the sole of your foot would tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness and from Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea, that's talking about the Mediterranean, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Isn't that exciting? As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Verse 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I feel a word burning in my spirit. And here it is for all of us, your pastor included. It's time to possess our destiny. We got to possess our destiny. God has a purpose for all of us in this room. God doesn't create anything without a purpose. And he wants all of us to possess our destiny. Father, we thank you for your word, your will, your blood, and your name. 
We thank you for every person, every precious person that is here this morning. And I pray, God, for the next few minutes, speak, Lord, into our spirit and help us to receive your word in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. amen. Thank you again for being here. God bless you. You can be seated. I know that for our church and for our community as a whole, that we've all been through a lot these past two years. And it would be easy for many of us to feel defeated and to become discouraged over what we have gone through and what we have witnessed. And it would be easy for a number of us just to kind of drift into tomorrow. But I want to stand up here very emphatic and without screaming. I'm not going to scream at you, but I want you to know that with every fiber that is in my voice, in my being, I want to say this emphatically. God does not want you and he does not want this church to just drift into tomorrow. Can I have a witness here in this house? God does not want you drifting. And it's easy to do if you don't stay focused. Because distractions are in every life. And if you're not careful, you and I can get our eyes off of the starter and the finisher of our faith. And we can get our eyes on our defeats and our discouragements. We can get our eyes on what people are not doing that they said they were going to do. We can get our eyes on people that have lied about us, betrayed us, misused us, said one thing, did another, walked in. We thought they were forever and they walked out. And I'm going to tell you, you can get distracted by the cares of life. And if you're not careful, it can cause you to drift because you lose heart because you get discouraged and it can happen to all of us but listen brothers and sisters God wants every one of us to possess our destiny he wants us to possess it and most people misunderstand the term destiny most people when you talk about destiny they start thinking that it's fate that it's karma that they don't really have anything to do with it. It's just, it's God's design and whatever God has designed, then that's what's going to happen. Please hear your pastor this morning. Nothing could be further from the truth. We get to choose our destiny. Okay, four of you believe that. I'm going to say it again. Maybe some of you will jump on board. We get to choose our destiny. God gives us a choice just as you made a choice to get yourself ready and get your family ready and take the time to get here and to be here. You made that choice. We also make a choice of whether we're going to be a winner or a whiner. Whether we're going to possess it or we're just going to drift into, you know, whatever will be, will be. We can, brothers and sisters, miss the purposes of God in our life. Just because God wants something doesn't mean he gets it. God come to seek and to save that which was lost. He doesn't want one person to be lost. But people have a choice whether they want to, to be saved or not. You have a choice. And we have a choice because it's not just going to happen. 
Look at Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15. It'll come up on the screen. God said, I set before you today life and prosperity or death and destruction. It's your choice. And then he goes on to say, and this is the living Bible. It says it like this. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your children may live. This is not Father's Day or Mother's Day, but I want to address every parent. We understand that when our children reach a certain age, they can make their own choices, and we get that. And even though God was perfect in a perfect environment with no problems in a place called Eden, His children still chose to make a wrong choice. So you can be perfect and your kids make a wrong choice. But I want to say this. It doesn't hurt anything to be an example in front of them. Because when you are doing your best to be an example in front of them, you are really helping them to make a choice because they're watching you. You know why I know how to pray? Because I watched my daddy lay on a stage for hours and I listened to him pray. You know why I'm faithful to the house of God? Because I didn't ever get up and ask my parents, are we going to church? I knew we were going to church. Come rain, sleet, snow, or shine, baby, we're going to church. That's just the culture of our house. Now, I know you can do all that and your kids can still make a bad decision. But sweet parents, hear me today. If you will do your best and if you will live out God's purposes, I believe that you blaze a trail for your kids to follow. Because I kept reading in that book, and I believe it is in Joshua, maybe 13 or 15, when Caleb said, give me my mountain. And if you keep reading, you're going to find right behind him was his daughter that says, I'm with you too, daddy. And he, he was the example, and she followed that example. Can I preach just a minute? Men and women of God, when we come into this house, we ought to worship the Lord with all of our heart, especially if we have kids because they're watching us. And many times more is caught than taught. Please go back to that verse. Here's what it says. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your children may live. We want your children to live. Talk to some of these Hope House men and women. They'll tell you that the path they went down, many times it was because they didn't have a father. That was an example to them. And instead of getting raised up, many of these Hope House men and women got jerked up. And I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just telling you the truth. But if they would have had a father and a mother to help lead them and guide them, some of their past may have been different. Now it is what it is. And thank God for the blood of Jesus that we're no longer dictated by our past. And we can break the curses of our past through the blood. God said, I'm going to give you this land. But he says, you're going to have to possess it. In other words, it's not just automatic. Well, this is my destiny. No, nothing is just automatic. you got to understand Jesus is saying, I'm giving you a choice and you have to choose. Your destiny is going to affect you and it's going to affect your children. Right? Can I keep going? 
Here's what God told Joshua to do in order to possess his destiny. Number one, he said, prepare a plan. Now I'm going to teach for just a second. Look at Joshua 1 and 4. It says, after the death of Moses, the Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. My, I don't know how I'm going to get far into this message, but I just want to remind all of us again. It's not about... Come on now, get ready. Let's be ready. But in order to be ready, you got to get ready. And God is saying to somebody, you got to get ready. You got to get prepared because it's not just going to happen. You have to decide what are you willing to fight for? Because some things are willing to be worth fighting for. What, what are you saying? I'm willing to fight for a church where the presence of God shows up every Sunday. And I know that don't just happen. It takes prayer and it takes sacrifice and it takes fasting. But I'm willing to fight for that. You know why? Because you feel the presence of God in this room right now. But somebody had to pay the price. Amen. It doesn't just happen. And I want it every service because we don't have a Sunday to waste. The world is getting darker. Amen. But the scripture says that as the world gets darker, the light will shine brighter. So let me talk to you. You got to develop a plan. You got to develop a plan. He said, here's what he told to Joshua. I will give you every place where your foot walks. And as I promised it to Moses, so I'm going to promise it to you. Okay. You ready for this? We're never going to possess our future if we're stuck in the past. I want to say that again to everybody. I love you. And you say, you don't know me. But if I got to know you, I'd love you. So please hear this, Pastor. We're never going to possess our future if we're stuck in the past. Now, I'm fixing to get into some stuff that could get into some weeds. So I'm going to get in and I'm going to get out. You ready? I thank God for the illustrious heritage of a 107-year-old church. That is an amazing thing. And I thank God for Brother Bennett. I thank God for Pastor Hennigan and every man and woman that has invested. But listen, if we don't keep marching toward our future, we won't even have a past to talk about. No matter how great it is, we got to keep babies in our nursery so that this church can go on if God tarries another hundred years. So while I am thankful for our illustrious past, Moses is dead. And now God is raising up a Joshua generation and he is saying, as I was with Moses, as I was with Brother Bennett, as I was with Brother Hennigan, so I will be with you. Now rise up and let's take this community for the Lord and let's take as many people to heaven as we can possibly take. You can't stay stuck in the past. There are some things that you need to let go of. Here's the question. What do you need to let go of? I believe that we can acquire what we desire. I'm going to say that again. I do believe that we can acquire what we desire, but you got to be willing to let go. What, what are you talking about, Pastor? Let go of some fears. Let go of what we've always done it this way. Let go of blaming and complaining. Some of us like me and Carl, 
We need to let go of worry. Some of you need to let go of negative thinking. Come on, somebody. My results are my responsibility. My roots create my fruits. If you're getting anger, if you're getting bitterness, it's because you're dealing with the root of rejection. And that root of rejection is causing you to be angry. It's causing you to be bitter. Would you go and say, God, help me through the blood to take that root out so that I can bear the fruit of love and joy and peace and kindness? My roots create my fruits. Do y'all know I have seen whiners walk into a room and when they walked into the room, it dimmed the room. And I have seen winners walk into a room and brighten a room. And when the whiner walked out of the room, it brightened back up. <laughs> Y'all laughing because you know I'm telling you the truth. Those 10 spies that were negative walked into the room. What happened? Everybody got afraid. The two winners that walked in that says, come on, y'all, we can do this. They were trying to brighten the room. I just want to remind you when you read in the scripture, you can't tell me the names of those 10 spies. I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I'd put $100 on this table right now that nobody in this room can tell me the names of the 10 spies who were doubters and whiners. But everybody in this room, if you got any Bible knowledge at all, can tell me the two that were winners and said, we're well able to go and possess the land. And guess what? You have a choice to make. Am I going to be a whiner or am I going to be a winner? Am I going to walk in the room and brighten it up with the Holy Ghost attitude? Or am I going to walk in the room and dampen it with my... I'm going to issue a challenge right now. I'm going to challenge somebody right now to go the next 10 days without complaining. I see I'm by myself. Well, my wife has told me, Wayne, you complain a lot. I said, really? She said, you do. I said, I didn't recognize it. You know what? Most complainers don't recognize it because it's just a habit. I wonder if I had... 10 people take a 10-day challenge that for the next 10 days you're going to do your best to watch your words and not complain. You're going to try, Sister June? TJ, you're going to try? Bridget, you're going to try? Anybody else? Well, I'm getting some more on board. Some of y'all are thinking about it. Teresa, you going to try? What about that one next to you? <laughs> Ten days, I'm going to do my best, Pastor, to not complain. Marshall? Anybody with me? Next ten days, Pastor, I'm going to do my best not to complain. You know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to wake up tomorrow and watch your words. Because death and life is in the power of the tongue. And by the help and grace of God, what if I blow it? Say, God, help me, and then start back over. 
What if I blow it the second day? Then just pray and ask God, God, help me. Because now what you're starting to see is you're really starting to become aware of your words. And you're really realizing how this negativity has become a lifestyle. And you have to make a choice. Am I going to be a winner or am I going to be a whiner? Am I going to always play this role of a victim or am I going to pull my bootstraps up and say, if God be for me, then who can be against me? Mm. you're either going to find a way or you're going to find an excuse oh come on somebody can I say it again you're either going to find a way or you're going to find an excuse but you, you, you can't have it both ways you can't be comfortable and growing at the same time Either you decide I'm going to just live, be comfortable and I'm going to just drift or am I going to grow? Because if you're going to grow, you're going to have to challenge yourself because it don't just happen. You have to decide, am I going to possess my destiny? There was a study that happened. Only 10% of Americans have ever given serious thought to their future. Only 10% of Americans have given thought serious thought to their future and only three percent of all americans have a plan and have written down their goals and here is what this study discovered almost all the people who had no thought for the future were on welfare most of the 60 percent who had given some thought to the future were barely making it all 10 percent who had given serious thought to their future is what you and I would call probably successful. And those with the plan that had written down their goals were highly successful and they were the top achievers in the nation. The only difference, brothers and sisters, between successful and unsuccessful and the top 3% in America was they had written down a life plan and they had written down their goals. I'm going to tell you something. It is very important that you get a plan. I've already shared this with you before, but I'm going to share it again. I see myself, Janet and I, living to be 85 if the Lord tarries. We're holding hands. We're looking out over Lake Conroe. We're retired. We're sitting in rocking chairs. Trey and Molly and her future husband, if God allows, and, 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 and Brooke and, and their grandkids, if God allows, are sitting in our lap and they're kissing my cheek and they're calling me Papa. And they're, they're thanking me because I stayed faithful to Janet. And they're thanking me because I stayed faithful to my purpose. And I now want you to get what does it look like if God tarries and you live to be 85? What does it look like for you? Because you need to have a plan. Because here is why a plan is important. Because when you write it down, it's something about writing it down and rehearsing it and saying, this is who I'm going to be by the help and grace of God. Why? Because God wants to give you the desires of your heart here's what Psalm 20 and 4 says this is the new living translation may God give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed and you say well just whatever will be will be it's just whatever it's just up to God I'm sorry I don't believe that I believe God gives us a lot of power called choice what do you want well, I don't know. Well, that's why most people don't get it, because they don't know. If you don't know what you want, then how can you get what you want? 
devise a plan, decide. This is the kind of life I want to live. This is the kind of husband I want to be. This is the kind of marriage I want. This is what I'd like to retire on financially. Listen, if God comes and you've got X amount of dollars in the bank, then what does it matter? Because heaven is going to be a place of gold. The streets are going to be paved with gold. And you won't have any worries. So what does it matter? I got to get into this. I hear some people say, well, I don't know if I plan, then that may mean I don't have faith in God. Well, let me ask you this. Every person, farmer, that has cattle, they probably, if they're smart, get hay during the summer so they can have it for the winter. And it's not going to be real smart if a man's got a hundred head of cattle and says, well, I'm just hoping that these old cows are going to be able to make it. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, it's not a lack of faith when you plan. God gave you a brain. It's okay to plan. Thank you, Brother Tony. You know what I'm trying to do? I'm trying to be a lighthouse this morning. I'm trying to give somebody some direction. It's okay for you to plan. You say, now what if it don't happen? Well, okay, but at least you had a plan. At least you were aiming for something, right? I, 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 I think that there are many men and women that they spend more time planning out their wedding than they do planning out their life. And their wedding's just one day and they got a whole life to live in front of them. God told Joshua, get a plan. Here's the second thing if you want to reach and I want to reach our destiny. we got to build our life completely on God's word. Every home needs a foundation. i got three amens. Every home needs a foundation. And the greatest foundation you can build your life on is God's word. Build your hope on what is eternal. Memorize God's word. Hide God's word in your heart that you may not sin against him. Men, this will tell you how to be a man. Ladies, this will show you how to be a lady. This can give direction for your life. Build your life on the foundation of God's word. Here's what Joshua 1 and 7 says. But be careful to obey all. Everybody say all. All the law. I'm going to take this out and I'm going to leave that in. I like that, but I'm going to take this verse out. No, it don't work that way. You got to take all of it. All of the law, right? Then here's what's going to happen. When you take all of the law, it's going to cause you to be successful. Scripture is the key to success. Here's what I found out. When you find somebody and their Bible's falling apart, most likely they're not. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say that again. <laughs> when you see somebody's Bible and it's got dust all over, there, there, there's no pages been turned, ain't no markings in it, their life may be falling apart. But when you get grandma's Bible and pages come out of it and, you know, it, it's all, it, you, you can tell it's been read, grandma's probably all right. Because anybody where their Bible's falling apart, they're probably not. 
That's why you and I need to get into this word. I'm going to just keep preaching it. I'm not against social media, but I'm against all the news and the negativity because it drags us down. reason why I'm for this word is because it lifts us up. It helps us to possess our destiny. It helps us to see who we are in Christ. Mm. Oh, I got to hurry. Hey, here's the third reason. If I want to possess my destiny, I must courageously step out in faith. It's interesting that three times in Joshua 1, it says this, be strong and courageous. Three times. Why does he tell him three times? You want to know why? Because we're going to have to fight for our destiny. God plans two things for us. Please get this. He plans two things for us. Blessings and battles. And every life is going to have them. Blessings and battles. And if you think, sweetheart, that you're just going to waltz into your destiny, you got another thought coming. Yeah, you're going to have some good days, and you're going to be like, man, isn't God good? But there's going to be other days you're going to be like, what's going on? I'm battling, man. I'm battling. Why? Because in every life there's battles and there's blessings. And you have to decide, am I going to get up today and cop out? Am I going to get up today and whine about it? Am I going to get up and put on the whole armor of God? And I'm going to stand and I'm going to see the salvation of God because I'm going to possess my destiny. Now here's three reasons why that God wants us to be bold. Are you ready? Number one, first of all, God is with me. That's why God wants me to be bold, because I'm not by myself. Look at your neighbor and just tell him, God is with you. No, tell him like you mean it. God is with you. Yes, he is. God is with you. Look at Joshua 1 and 5. It says, no one will be able to defeat you all of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor abandon you. Brothers and sisters, that is a word for us this morning. You say, my folks abandoned me. I'm so sorry, and I mean that with all of my heart. But listen, your heavenly father will not abandon you. My wife walked out on me. I am truly sorry, and I mean that, but he won't walk out on you. My husband walked out on me. God will not walk out on you. His word tells us he will never leave us, and he will never forsake us. He knows what we're going through, and he didn't ask us to do it by ourselves. He said, I will be with you. Here's the second reason why you ought to possess your destiny. Here's the second. And because God keeps his promises. Amen. I'm going to say it again. God keeps his promises. And because he keeps his promises in his word, that ought to make us bold and it ought to give us confidence. Here's the third reason. Because God has told us to do it. Amen. You say, what do you mean by that? Verse 9. God says, Joshua... Have I not commanded you to do it? I want him to put that verse up because some of you are looking at me. Joshua, verse 9. Come on. I need help. Do you see it? Do not be afraid nor be discouraged. 
for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. But look at the top. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. I want the Holy Spirit to speak to somebody's heart right now. Be strong, be courageous, because God is commanding us to take new territory. God has commanded you to go after your destiny. It was God's ideal in the first place that he bring them out of Egypt and that they conquered the promised land. It wasn't their ideal. It was God's ideal. He said, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. I have plans to give you a hope and a future. I have plans to prosper you. Mm. Now, there's two enemies, and I'm hastening, that keep us from fulfilling our destiny. And the first one is fear. Fear keeps you from starting on the path that God has for you. And discouragement keeps you from finishing to possess the land. And here's the point that I want you to get from this story, and time is running out on me. But this time, God said, you're going to cross the Jordan. But God didn't do it with, with, with Joshua the way he did it with Moses. Right? This time he said, what I want you to do is I want the priests to go first. And I want them to put their feet in the water. Thank you, wind. What are you saying? I'm saying that the first step is the scariest. Because... Even though God said that he's not a man that he should lie, sometimes we don't have the experience. All we have is his promise. And he is saying, I want some of you today to take that first step, which is the scariest. And I want you to step out by faith. And I want you to say that divorce is no longer going to define me. I'm going to step back out there and I'm going to put my heart back out there again and just see what God will do. That bankruptcy is not going to be my identity. I'm going to step back out again and I am going to possess my destiny because I believe that God wants to bless me coming in and he wants to bless me going out and I'm not going to live in fear and I'm not going to be held back by discouragement from the past. All right, so here it is. Are you ready? If you haven't woke up, please wake up right now. Are you ready? I'm going to ask you a very personal question. Which side of the Jordan are you going to live on? Hmm. All right, here it is. I'm going to look all of you sweet people in the eye. Which side of the Jordan are you going to live on? Are you going to live on the desert side? Are you going to live on the promised land side? Are you going to live back here in your past and talk about blaming and complaining and mumbling and grumbling about, you know, somebody that didn't do somebody right? Are you going to say, I'm going to take that first step? I'm going to put my toes in the Jordan and I believe that God is going to make a way. Come on, somebody, give God some praise in this house. Would you stand with me?
I want to ask all of you precious people a question. What is that big thing? What's that big thing you got to cross in order to reach your destiny? What should you be doing right now? Instead of blaming that ex, instead of blaming that boss, instead of blaming your current wife or your current husband, or blaming your raising or whatever, when you blame, you are being lame. Y'all have heard me say this before, but just take the B off of blame and it says be lame. And that's what you're doing. You're being lame when you're blaming. Say, Pastor, you don't know where I come from. I may not, but I do know this. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Pastor, you don't, you, you, you don't understand what I've gone through and what I've heard in my life. I don't, and I'm extremely sorry for your past and abuse and pain. I mean that with all of my heart. But I do know this word. And this word says I can do all things through Christ. Not in my flesh, not in my mind, not by myself, but I can do it through Christ that strengthens me. I'm going to ask all of you sweet people a question again. Which side of the Jordan you going to live on? The blame side or the promise side? Because it's all a choice. It's all a choice. You're going to choose to wake up in the morning and you're going to either choose to be a whiner or you're going to be a winner. But it is a choice. Make no mistake. Either you're going to decide, I'm just going to stay comfortable and I'm going to just keep going around or I'll just keep kind of drifting. Or you'll make a choice that what God says I can have, I can have. And who God says I am, that's who I'm going to believe that I am. And what God wants to give me and my family, I want to receive it because I want to have an inheritance for Trey and Molly and Brooke and my grandbabies. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I know God put this word in my spirit for somebody. And if it's only for one person, here is my prayer for you. If it's only one person in this room, hear this pastor. I am praying that you will take that first step today and say, today is going to start a difference in my life. I know it's scary. I know I've never walked this way before. I know to put my heart back out there is going to, it might get hurt again. That's right. But I'm going to tell you something. If you're not loving, you're not living anyway. You're just existing. Oh, come on now. Here's my prayer for you that you will take that first step. Some of you, that first step may be going back to school online. I don't know. For some of you, that first step may be, I tried my business, it didn't work, so I'm going to try it again. And my question is, are you going to live in the failure of what didn't work? Because if you read about a lot of successful people, you will find out that most successful people have failed many, many times. But they just kept getting back up. One of my favorite verses in the scripture is this. Though I fall, Rejoice not against me, O my enemies. For when, notice the key word, for when I fall, not if I fall, when I fall, 
Guess what I'm going to do? I shall arise. I'm going to get back up. Because my past is not going to define me. I'm going to let go. I need your heart right now. Y'all, Moses is dead. Some things you got to let go of. It's over. And no matter how much we wish it was different, hope it would be different, wish we wouldn't have done that, wish they wouldn't have said that, wish our raising could have been different, it is what it is. And now we've got a future and a promised land that God has in store for us. And the scariest step is the first one. How many right now, just as a sign of faith, I'm not doing this for you to validate the message. I'm doing this for you because I know this. If you're ever going to walk on the water, the first step is the scariest. And you got to be willing to step out of that boat and say, God, I am trusted in you because I know I'm not alone. I'm trusted in your promises and I'm doing what you commanded me to do because you want me to take and possess my destiny. Anybody right now, as they begin to sing, you're going to take that first step. I want you to step out from where you are, not as a sign to me, but as a sign to God, as a sign to God, to your family and to your future by the help and grace of God. Come on, keep coming up. Come on, keep coming up from the front to the back. It's not about me. This is about you and God right now. I'm going to take this first step. And I am going to trust. And I am going to believe God.
what you want us to be. Come on, pray for somebody right now. a couple of men Jagger and we're going to baptize brother Doxy so all the family of brother Doxy can y'all see come on up here these sweet people make room for you brother Doxy come on so y'all I got to tell you something funny so we always make sure the batteries warmed up and the heater was on, but somehow it didn't get on. So I told Brother Doxy, this water's gonna be cold because we're gonna help him get the Holy Spirit. He's gonna be like blah, 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 blah. He said, Well, I'll take the help. So he's a good sport. And what I ask, I've asked Brother Carl to come and help me. Brother Carl's gonna actually get in the pool. Brother Carl, I need you to come on. Brother Carlton, I need you to come on. Get in this pool. Because Brother Doxy uh, kind of has a some stiffness in his leg. And I'm afraid that if I lost him, it would kind of be hard for him to get up. I was okay with Logan and Alex getting up, but I he's got a little stiffness, so I don't want to lose him. Probably anybody over 
30 may have a little stiffness, right? <laughs> Brother Doxy, it's, he, he's never been baptized before. And so this is his first time. So I'm going to tell you something beautiful that happened last Sunday. I was able to lead him through repentance. And he and I cried on the phone, didn't we? Like babies. We're not going to tell anybody. But we did. And it was beautiful. And the presence of the Lord came in my room. And I know it came in yours. And it was unbelievable. Because God knows no boundaries. Prison walls can't hold him out. Wherever there's a willing heart, God says, I'll show up. It don't matter. It can be in a cave, in a prison. It don't matter. Wherever there's a willing heart. And you're looking at a good man. He's got a sweet wife and he's got two boys and some family members that are here. We're just delighted. Thank you all for being here. And look, I'm going to put you under the water, hold you down about four minutes to make sure you're good and got it and really freezing, right? So you start shaking, I'll know, right? No, I'm not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Come on up, brother Doxy, and we're going to baptize you in Jesus' name. Now, everybody, it may be a little difficult for him to swing that leg over. Hey, you did it like a champ. I'm so sorry. Listen, there's a, there's a guy here. His name is Marshall. You can get on Marshall. No, no, I'm joking. I asked him, I said, Marshall, did you make sure? He said, Pastor, I promise to God I made sure. I said, well, stuff happens, right? That's right. That's right. I'm so sorry. We, we did. We checked it twice, but I don't know. Maybe the Lord just thought you need a little help today. Brother Doxy, honored to have you. It's a blessing. Now, Brother Carlton, you're basically going to take him under because you're going to have to bring him back up. Brother Doxy, come and put your toes right there. There you go. Okay. Can y'all see? Okay. Now you're going to put him under. Don't lose him. Brother Doxy, on the confession of your faith, sir, and the obedience, the obedience to God's command, we now baptize you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the remission of all your sins. Come on, everybody. Let's praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the good work that you started in our brother. You're going to complete it. And we thank you, God, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the destiny that you have for this father and this husband and this incredible man of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, everybody. Give Brother Doxy a big hand. I know it was breathtaking. More ways than one. Okay, if you're not freezing, just hang out just a second. Okay, if you're not freezing, hang out just a minute. Jagger, where are you, bud? Now, Jagger, this is not going to feel like your little bathtub. I am so sorry, boss. 
Whoa. Hang in there. All right, get used to it. You see Marshall over there? That's... Oh. <laughs> hey, but well, look, you got to love him to go to heaven. Jagger, I'm going to tell you something, son. You're an amazing young man. And God's hand is upon your life just like my hand's on your head right now. God's hand is upon your life. And I'm excited if the Lord tarries. I'm excited to just watch your life unfold, son. Because I tell you, I feel like you're going to give your all to the Lord. And there's just no telling the wonderful things that are going to come from you as you just continue to give yourself to God. So Pastor and Sister Janet, we love you and we're proud of you. And we're excited about God's future for your life. And we're going to baptize you in Jesus' name. You ready? Now look, I am so sorry, but it's going to take your breath. But when you come up, raise your hand and I'm going to put my hand on you, okay? And the good thing God started in you, He's going to complete it. All right, take your hand and hold your little nose right there. Jagger, on the confession of your faith, young man, and the obedience to God's command, we now baptize you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for the remission of all your sins. Jesus, God, the good work that you have started in this young man, I thank you for taking him all the way to the finish line and let him be a mighty giant killer for the Lord Jesus Christ. And may God you do great, great things for he and his family in the name of Jesus. Everybody give Jagger a big hand. Wave it. Hey, Jagger, step back up here. You don't ever get to do this again, probably. Wave at everybody like you're the boss. Yeah. You're a cool cat, and I love you. God's so good to us, isn't he? It's been a great day. Doxy family, thank all of you for being here. Hey, man. Jimmy, your sweet family, thank you for raising a good boy. Amen. Appreciate all of you being here. Turn around and give somebody a high five. Tell them it's been a great day. God bless you. Go with God and God will go with you. Thank you, Brother Carlton, for helping me.